Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The defensive line of the Indianapolis Colts took a step forward in 2023, but the unit still needs improvement if they want to be considered elite. So what needs to happen for the Colts defensive line to become one of the best in the league? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow analyst and co-host at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. Drake, I, I think that when we look back at the 2023 season, uh, there was definitely some good that came from the uh, the Colts defensive line, most notably a new franchise rac- record for sacks in a season. However, uh, I think in order for this defense to really get where they want to go, I think there's still more that can be had, both against the run and against the pass. And and for, for the Colts to really take that next step and to be that defense that they want to be, it's got to start up front. Yeah, and like you said, the numbers are awesome, okay? But when you watch the, the game log, okay, there's certain games where you have like six sacks, five sacks, then you have like one, then you have two, then you have six, six, two, zero. Like, so it's really about consistency. And, and it's really about, I, I think just as a unit, they need to get to the passer more often. And also there's there's issues with missed tackles. That was something that the whole defense can work on. Um, we're going to dive into it. But look, this this is one of the most important pieces of this defense. It will be for years to come. In, in my humble opinion, one of the most important parts of this defense. And it all starts up front. That's both offensively 
and especially for the Colts, that's defensively because it's going to help the rest of those young guys uh, in the linebacker positions like EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin, who are the leaders, and then especially those secondary guys who probably just need a little bit more help to uh, make that next step. Right, and and especially with a defensive scheme that Gus Bradley loves to run. I mean, he doesn't blitz often. Uh, he likes to to really rely on getting pressure with your front four, and and for so that way these these cornerbacks, these young cornerbacks, aren't out there guarding their their man for five six seconds. Uh, the Colts' defensive line really needs to get after. It. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the good that they did this season, uh, where they can improve. There was a, there's a, a going to be a change uh, at the coach for the defensive line we'll obviously talk about that news that came out this week and then drake and i are going to give our strategies for really how this colts defensive line can can take that next step and get even better in 2024 before we do that let's take a look at our chats because we already have a super chat for this evening and it's from our contest winner from that. on monday Truett trustler thank you so much for the super chat Truett. Truett says a at church while live so he won't be able to join us but b don't hate me but i'm keeping my game Truett there's no hate we told you do what you want now yeah we told you listen if you wanted to give the game away by all means but hey if you want to keep it it's yours you're you want it fair and square so true it that is your game no worry about it thanks a lot for uh for the super chat really means a lot stats matt as always in the building what's up gents you're welcome for today's topic yes i was asking stats matt what what was something he would like to talk about today and he wanted to talk about the defensive line Uh, he said i think there are three main spots to improve the pass rush quitty pay the depth behind grover stewart and the scheme up front and we're going to talk about all three of those things here today and of course the goat is in the house logan schmidt how you doing buddy hope you're enjoying uh better weather than we have been here in indiana uh up in wisconsin there logan hope you're staying warm and uh and enjoying things as we get uh as, as hopefully winter is coming closer to an end but thanks for joining us and as other people roll in tonight before you do anything go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know when drake and i go live every monday and thursday night and for special breaking news episodes especially when we get to free agency so you never miss us and never miss any breaking news but if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you so drake let's talk about it the colts defensive line and how they can become an elite unit in the nfl now i think when we're starting out as far as pass rushers are concerned they don't really have an elite pass rusher. What I mean by that, that it's not they don't have someone like a Miles Garrett, uh, a TJ Watt, a Micah Parsons. I think DeForest Buckner is 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 one of the elite defensive tackles as far as rushing the passer. Uh, but but someone that you can rely on to get that usually gets 15 sacks a season. They just don't have that. However, what we saw in 2023 was really a a, a pass rush by committee four guys with over eight sacks uh i think the colts were the only team in the nfl to have that so uh while they didn't have a dominant pass rusher by any means uh they certainly were were able to get around the quarterback and and bring them down for 51 sacks which is was the fifth most in the nfl a season ago yeah and look i i know that this might be a little bit 
distant in the past, but the Eagles not long ago had this super duper just across the board, just relentless pass rush. Now the Colts are not on that level of, of when they had four plus guys over 10 plus sacks, but look, they were close. That's the thing. They had four guys at eight plus sacks. Now, Mm -hmm. really though, where the Eagles had a little bit of a leg up is those guys were not only probably more, I would say closer to that elite status, but they also had incredible depth. And, and look, that's one of the biggest areas of concern is like the depth outside of guys like Taekwon Lewis, who and by all regards had a career season, uh, relentless at getting after the quarterback. They really had um, a lot of drop off in that regard in interior and then outside of Taekwon Lewis. And so, like you said, it's been, it, it hasn't, gosh, it's been since, I know it's cliche, but it's really been since Robert Mathis because uh, Dwight Freeney left the team. Then Robert Mathis retired as a Colt. So uh, it's really been a long time since they've had that guy where you're like, you know what? That is a 10 plus sack a season guy. Samson Ebicom came close um, and was more of a complete guy than Yannick Ngakwe, who also came close the previous year. But they, they're probably not going to just randomly land that guy in free agency. They're probably not going to get that guy year one in the draft. So they need to try to figure out whether it's scheme or whether it's depth or whether it's just, you know, maybe blitzing a little bit more going against Gus Bradley's tendencies. They need to figure out a way to try to get more and more consistent pressure. That's the big word is consistency, because at times they look like a top five unit at getting after the quarterback. I mean, there was one game. I know it's the Patriots, but look, Dio Dingbo had three sacks in one game. And by all regards, he's kind of like a rotational piece. So it's like they can do it at times but they need to do it week in and week out to really be that top level defense. And they got to help out that secondary. Cause that's one of the reasons that so many points were scored is because sometimes that pass rush was gone. Other times it was on fire. So you just can't be that inconsistent, especially with quarterbacks being protected the way they are by the officials. And if you give enough time to any QB in the NFL, I mean, look at Taylor Heineke, it happened with him carved up the Indianapolis Colts and he's a backup QB that was benched, in the, in the 2023 season by a coach who's now gone. So I, I, I'm right there with you. I think that there, there, there's, there just needs to be something that needs to be changed and maybe a little bit more of a, a solid depth, you know, behind these guys to, to really take that pass rush to the next level. Um, I think that that record, that record of 51 sacks is a little bit misleading because it was just so inconsistent at times. Shout out to my beautiful wife, Danielle, for the super sticker, the $4 super sticker. And she's telling Drake to Heavy clear hitter. it. Listen, we have, we have a, we have a close to an hour episode Surely. tonight. He can't be cleared it because then Drake will be slurring his words by the end of the episode. Uh, listen, uh, we, this we is a Mountain Dew. This, so. Yeah. Thank you so much for the super <laughs> chat. Uh, also wanted to give a, a, a shout out to Patrick, uh, the CFO, Patrick Rye coming in for just a hot second. He said, just drop more coinish chef mickey's in disney world and all my super chats combined dropping in after family dinner to, for three seconds take care gents and have a good show really really appreciate it he says my super chats wouldn't process uh, i don't know if they take super chats at disney world unfortunately but hey we appreciate all of your support but drake yeah even you talked about it. i think i think pressure is is the number one thing and and we talked and stats matt has a really good stat to he to that this is how he earns his name. Colts were top five in sacks, 
but 21st in pressure percentage, which I think is more important. And before anyone says there was no blitzing, the Jets were the second lowest blitzing team in the NFL a season ago, but had top five pressure percentage. So that's that's where it all starts, Drake. It's it's being able to pressure the quarterback on a consistent basis. And and yes, while the Colts did have good numbers in sacks, it needs to be on all those other snaps that they're not uh, uh, that that they're not bringing the quarterback down for for sacks. They need to be getting consistent pressure on on the quarterback. And I, I think we can start with with probably the you're talking about your best past rushers your edge defenders and samson ebicom and and quitty pay thought a season thought last year obviously really really good season for samson ebicom his a career high in sacks and and he was he was a guy that that was definitely your probably your best pass rusher in 2023 had 48 total pressures uh, uh and then quitty pay had eight eight and a half sacks on the season uh for the colts a career high for him but the pressures that that, that Quiddy Pay got were just nowhere near uh, good enough. You know, twenty eight press total pressures on the season. So you divide that by the sixteen games that he played, and and that's less than one. That's less than two pressures a game for Quiddy Pay, and and for a former first round pick, that's just not good enough. Now again, Quiddy Pay exceptional against the run. It's not all about getting after the quarterback. You do have to be able to play the run as uh, as well. Samson Epicom thought he did a much better job than Unique and Gakwe did in 2022, and that's why I think it was such a grand slam signing by Chris Ballard. Quiddy Pay, uh, we saw it time and time again where he was one of the better run uh, uh, guys against the run as as a, as a defensive end. I think if you want to look at, at pro football focus's grades, uh, Quiddy Pay was the fourth best uh, run defender for the Indianapolis Colts behind Nick Cross, Samson Ebukam, and EJ Speed. So uh, really, really good showing out of Quiddy Pay there. But for both of these guys, uh, they just I think they really need to get after the the passer and 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 really the the, the, pre, the more consistent pressure just needs to be there the sack numbers are looking good and i think those can even go up uh, a tick if you could get both of those guys in double digit sacks i think you'd be very very happy with that but there just needs to be more consistent pressure and and i think it starts with quitty pay yeah and look you know samson epicom also he had i mean his game log okay pittsburgh one and a half Tennessee and Tampa two and two, so that right there's five and a half, and then you've got zero 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 zero, and you don't even get another sack until Jacksonville, then Tennessee, then Baltimore, Houston. I actually kind of went in reverse there, but my point is there isn't consistent sacks happening. Now it's different, I think, with Ebicom because he finally got a chance to be a full time starter. Okay, so maybe when he goes into year two of being a full-time starter, maybe he eclipses that 10 mark. We'll see. But for Quiddy Pay, I actually remember writing a piece on this, and it was kind of a crazy stat. You mentioned those, let's see, um, let me look here, Quiddy Pay, 28 pressures. Okay, so he did that on 700 snaps, 410 pass rushing snaps. To give you an idea of how that really isn't that impressive, Taekwon Lewis, who is a backup defensive end had 259 pass rushing snaps and 44 pressures taekwon so, lewis last year was very uh, underrated exceptional yes. season by taekwon lewis in a, in a limited depth role and he was doing that one out of every five times he was putting pressure on the quarterback he put that in, into perspective quitty pays doing that maybe you know one out of every six times which you know you're kind of looking at that like hey or actually no that's one out of every 
uh, uh, sorry, my math is terrible, 13 snaps. So like that's, that's really not that good. And so I think that Quiddy Pay has got to get better. Perhaps it's a technique thing. Perhaps it's just maybe he needs to put on some more weight. I, I don't know what it is because he's great at the run. And he's got really – he's a good all-around player. But we kind of saw last season he might have set a career high in sacks, but a lot of that was due to a team effort. And it kind of goes back to Yannick Ngakwe. Now, obviously, Quiddy Pay, I think, is a better player than Yannick Ngakwe. But you, you invested a first-round draft pick in this guy. Okay, and his second round counterpart who missed an entire season, Dio Dengbo, almost caught up with him in sacks. So you're, you're kind of looking at Quiddy Pay going into 2024. And while he's great on most fronts, he has not been that consistent getting to the QB. And that is really what you pay a defensive back or a defensive end to do is to get to the quarterback. So I, I think that you might be asking yourself some questions if you see like a season of five and a half, six sacks, seven sacks, something like that. Uh, maybe maybe it's a scheme thing. I have no idea. It's kind of up in the air for Quiddy Pay because he struggled with injuries. And at times you've seen this height of like, wow, he can be a, maybe a star. And then you've seen, you know, areas where you're like, maybe he isn't a big pass rushing guy. So I, I think it starts with Quiddy Pay. But as far as Samson Epicom, I'll go back to it, man. I, I just I just think that he might have just had his first year as a full time starter. And maybe he needs a second year to really get on that next level. I, I like this. I like this. Uh... So this optimism, optimism from from NFL nerd here. He's saying uh, uh, we had a very high pressure to sack rate. Talk about the Indianapolis Colts, and if that stays the same, and the Colts increase their pressure percentage. Maybe it ends up being more sacks on on top of it. And I think that's that's a good that's a good thought, NFL nerd. Uh, I really do. Um, I, I think that that obviously more continued pressure. The more you pressure the quarterback, the more uh, opportunities you're going to have to sack the quarterback. But but yeah, Drake, this is a huge. Could be a very huge year for Quiddy Pay. Could be a contract year for Quiddy Pay. You know, because there's no guarantee the Colts pick up his fifth year option. That's that decision has to be made by this may and if not then quitty pay just like dio dangbo both those guys are in contract years and and you you just kind of need to see more out of quitty pay kind of solidify himself uh if the colts don't pick it up maybe he uses it as as, as fuel to the fire uh, i i think i think i did see a noticeable jump from quitty pay from from last season to this season but he, he needs to take that 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 next jump you know and and if not then the colts could be looking for for help elsewhere along the defensive line uh, let's talk about the defensive tackles now let's talk about DeForest Buckner and, and Grover Stewart and honestly you can't ask for more out of DeForest Buckner uh, another exceptional season out of the former all pro DeForest Buckner was actually the, the the defensive lineman that led the Indianapolis Colts in pressures with 52 total pressures and he had the, the best pass rushing grade from pro football focus of anybody on the Colts by by well over 11 points and if you want to talk about defensive tackles in the NFL DeForest Buckner I think was second in the NFL as far as pass rushing grade from the defensive tackle position so uh, just it's just a really a really good season out of, out of DeForest Buckner and as far as getting after the quarterback you can't ask more than than what Buckner did on a consistent basis for this team yeah, I mean, you're talking about 52 pressures and 495 pass rushing snaps. I mean, that's that's actually a pretty damn good rate. And I think that when you talk about Buckner, it's really hard to find anything he needs to improve on. I think it really comes down to, I mean, he was tearing it up in San Francisco, 
but you have to think they had a complete defensive front. Okay, there was a lot going on that opened up more opportunities. And look, I don't care how good you are. If you have more around you to help you, especially on the defensive front, you're going to get more sacks. You're going to make more stuff happen. Look at, I know Miles Garrett's generational, but he had Zadarius Smith this season. Those two absolutely destroyed quarterbacks. And so I, I think that Buckner just really needs, kind of going back to what Stats Matt mentioned, they need more pressure on that quarterback to where he isn't getting double teamed. As far as Grover Stewart goes, obviously that ridiculous suspension kind of limited his season. He only played 11 games. But, I mean, as far as a defensive grade, did fantastic. His run defense grade, that's or his run defense, that's never going to change. Fantastic in that regard. But he's not a guy that is going to get a lot of pressure on that quarterback. He just isn't. That's not his thing. And I think that that's the glaring weakness in Grover Stewart's game. Yes, he is overlooked by NFL standards, but he really doesn't get to that next level when it comes to sacks. And in 11 games, he only had a half sack. Not saying he has to go out there and tear it up, but, you know, it'd be nice to see four. It'd be nice to see five. You know, when you only get, let's see here, when you only get 15 pressures on 218 pass rushing snaps, that's not going to make any offensive coach that you're facing scared of you at all as far as, like, pass rushing is concerned. So a lot of that came from guys like DeForest Buckner, Samson Ebicom, Dio Dangbo, I think, even did a pretty good job at getting to the – uh, quarterback and pressuring the quarterback. So I think that that's really the glaring weakness in Stewart's game. And as far as Buckner's concerned, he just needs a little bit of additional help. Yeah, I agree. And and when I when I said Buckner was second uh, in pro football focus grades for pass rush, I checked again, he was fourth. But Grover Stewart against the run, the fifth best defensive tackle. Oh, yeah. So that's that's what that's what these guys are doing their jobs. You know, Buckner can help out against the run, and he's certainly proven that he can be very good against the run but he's your pass rushing your your he's your pass rushing defensive tackle he's your three technique grover stewart's that nose tackle that one technique who is there to stuff the run and eat up those blocks so so that the other guys have free lanes to get after the running back and you know the the colts run defense talk about grover stewart when he was out with that suspension drake you're right the colts run defense just they, they weren't very good this season in the first place but man, they were atrocious with without Grover Stewart. So that's that's definitely an area that they're going to need to address this offseason, whether it's via free agency, via the draft. They they need better better depth at that at that spot, you know, at that run stuffing defensive tackle spot. But I, again, I'm not worried about Buckner or Grover Stewart. Yes, Grover Stewart is an impending free agent. I would fully expect him to be back with the Colts. They love Grover Stewart. They feel like he I mean he's he's 29 years old or something like that, but he's he, they don't feel like there's been a drop off in production. So I'd fully expect him to get an, uh, another long-term contract with the Colts and they're going to keep those two together. Those two are really the pillars of this unit and they're going to keep Buckner and and Stewart for for as long as they possibly can. Um so so really again, no 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 real issues with that that group. I think that they're, they're one of the best defensive tackle tandems in the NFL and and it's going to be hard to find anyone that that can go up and, and win against a force buckner and grover stewart uh so so it's it's going to be interesting to see though i feel like what they add add behind these guys i think that's going to be key the the depth of that one technique and 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 possibly someone for for 
to be behind Buckner, you know, whether it's Adebare, uh, Adebare, who's who's going to be the one that, that fills that in, or they they go out and they look for a more traditional uh, uh, three technique defensive tackle, and 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 Adebare uh, ends up being a rotational defensive end. We're going to have to see, but really, it's the depth of that defensive tackle that's got to be the focus for the Colts this offseason. Yeah, and you know you do have guys like Isaiah Land, and you've got guys like Eric Johnson, and you know Taven Bryan. But it, it's really a, a big glaring weakness when you take out one of those two. When you take out Stewart, when you take out Buckner, you can just double team uh, the, the the one who is in the game, and just kind of honestly, I'm not saying I'm not saying forget about the guy who just replaced whoever just went out, right? But like. It, it, there's not a there's not a defensive tackle or defensive interior lineman that you you go okay yeah it's it's a good replacement here we still have to block this guy one on one you can scheme around that and so I'm right there with you man and we'll talk a little bit more about it here but like it, it's it just is a testament to how good Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner are as a tandem because when one's out you see a double team happen to either Stewart or Buckner. And really the guy just runs right up the middle, or there's not as much of that interior pass rush, which as we've discussed, Andrew, nothing is worse for a quarterback than when it comes right at your face. And you got this six foot five inch dude shoving your center or your guard right back into you. It's a nightmare. And then you have to bail. And for guys that aren't Lamar Jackson, that can't run out of the pocket like that, that aren't Anthony Richardson, it's a nightmare. And it really disrupts your offensive game plan. And the end stats, man, I got to bring this up. Here's your stat of the day. Colts gave up over 100 yards rushing oh, six man. out of six games that Grover missed. They gave up 100 yards on the ground, only five out of the 11 games that Grover played. Really just shows you the importance that Grover Stewart has uh, for the run defense of the Indianapolis Colts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. 
You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. But Drake, we just talked about all of all of the depth pieces potentially at defensive tackle. Let's just talk about the depth uh, on the on the defensive line as a whole. You know, I, I want to highlight some guys on the edge first. Dio Dangbo, we talked about him for a little bit, but man, what a season for Dio Dangbo! Comes out there, uh, uh, isn't isn't in really in a starting role, more in the rotational kind of the, the third defensive tack or defensive end role. But man, comes out there, uh, uh, eight sacks on the season. And and a th- like you mentioned, three against the New England Patriots in that game. Uh, uh, just a huge jump, in my opinion, for, for Dio Dangbo. And if you want to look at the pressure totals, Dio Dangbo in about 80 less snaps uh, than Quiddy Pay, I think, on the season. When you when you look at it, uh, Quiddy Pay had 700 total snaps, uh, uh, 410 pass rush snaps, like you said. Dio Dangbo, 623 total snaps, 365 pass rush snaps. So uh, you want to look at about maybe 45 less uh, pass rush snaps than than Quiddy Pay. And Dio Dangbo got one more total pressure than Quiddy Pay. So he really came on, and then Taekwon Lewis with with only. Uh, uh, 259 pass rush snaps, and he had 44 total pressures. Those guys really, really got after it, and it's why towards the end of the year, if you were paying attention to to on their some of those third down packages where the Colts like to send out their 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 NASCAR packages, they call it their fastest, their best defense uh, uh, pass rushers. It was Samson Ebukam and Taekwon Lewis as the edge rushers, and you had Dio Odangbo inside with DeForest Buckner, and Quiddy Pay was off the field. Yeah, and you know, look, Dio Dangbo, there's a reason the jersey's behind me. Absolutely love the type of, of de- just defender that he is. He's almost 300 pounds. He's six foot six. This dude is, he comes off the line like an absolute monster. All right, it's just a piston right off the line. He is more far more of a power rusher than he is like a finesse guy. And so you'll just see this guy extend his ridiculously long arms. And once he gets to the point where it's fully extended, I mean, it's like good luck if you're an offensive lineman, because he pushed a lot of these guys back into the quarterback. And it really, I know we're going back to it over and over, but it showed no more than in that game in Frankfurt. I mean, he just, he was manhandling people. And when you allow him to do that, it's going to open up opportunities for everybody else. But like you said, I, while he did great at pressure and while he did great at pass rush, there are some areas he needs to improve. Okay. His run defense really isn't that great. And I do think that he can kind of, I think at times he can kind of overshoot the pass rush just because he's so aggressive and he's so powerful and he really trusts that strength. So while he had a career season, there's still areas for him to improve, but by all, Hey, look, by all regards, he did exactly what he was supposed to do and what he was drafted to do. And really it was year two, even though technically it's year three with him missing that rookie season almost entirely. But look, man, Tyquan Lewis, I want to talk about him for a second. Tyquan Lewis goes out there and he's one of the most consistent guys at getting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, he had four sacks on the season, which goes back to his season in 2020, which was his best where everyone was like, wow, you got to retain this guy. And then he succumbed to injuries. But here he is, comes right back after all these injuries, plays every single game, doesn't start a single one, 
but is one of the most effective guys at pressuring the quarterback. So I think for Tyquan Lewis, man, it's interesting that he was out there instead of Quiddy Pay. Maybe that's a story. Maybe that's something to look into because he is a depth guy and he's a, a veteran since 2018. Quiddy Pay was drafted in the first round. Okay, so you're, you're looking at Quiddy Pay like, dude, your defensive counterpart who backs you up was trusted to get after the quarterback more than you were, and he didn't start a single game. So Tyquan Lewis, I don't think he has an issue with getting to the quarterback or pressuring the quarterback. I think his issue really is just like Dio Dangbo's. I think it's more in run defense because the Colts kind of got eight alive. I mean, even stats Matt mentioned, I know that they only they they had five games out of eleven um without Grover Stewart or with Grover Stewart where they allowed 100 plus rushing yards but that's still not acceptable and they still finished pretty brutal against the ground so I think that it's a collective effort you got to be better against the run obviously Quiddy Pay and Samson Ebicom they're fantastic at it but you need that from your depth pieces too and so I think that um there's areas to work on but man Dio Dengbo and Tyquan Lewis both showed that they have potential to put to maybe be a little bit more than depth pieces. I think more Dio than Taekwon, because I think Taekwon solidified as a veteran depth piece. But I think that Dio Dengbo has a little bit more to grow. And if he can, man, maybe he'll be one of those guys that's a little bit overlooked and he ends up pushing 10 sacks. Who the hell knows? He almost got 10 sacks in 2023. Taekwon Lewis, I think the the role that he is in now is perfect for him. You know, yeah. as a rotational pass rusher, as as a rotational edge edge player. You know, I mean, Taekwon Lewis against the run, uh, you can he's 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 more than capable of doing that. Uh, obviously, he's got some good pass rushing skills, and and regardless if you're a Colts fan or not, just a fan of football, you gotta love Taekwon Lewis's story. You know. Uh, two back-to-back years with devastating knee injuries and the Colts really just get, continue to giving him one year prove it deals and and each time he's come back and he's he's proved it you know he's proved that he belongs so great season on Tyquan Lewis I would fully expect the, the Colts to try to bring him back if they can uh, and I know Tyquan Lewis would love to be back with the Indianapolis Colts so and you do have some young guys on as depth pieces at defensive end uh, at Atomoa Atabare uh, uh, you're talking about about a guy in Titus Leo who went on uh, IR, yeah. who who really didn't even have a chance to do anything this year. Uh, Isaiah Land, like you mentioned, Drake. So there are some young pass rushers that we'll have to see if they do develop to, into anything. But really, I'm going to go back to it again. The major the the major question mark for depth on the defensive line is on that interior. You know, you really don't have a backup uh, a three technique behind Buckner. You know, you have you have some guys that you could probably you could throw Dio Adangbo in there. You could throw out of in there, uh, but you don't have a guy that's dedicated to that that backup three technique. And we saw what happened this year at the one technique when when Grover Stewart went out, Eric Johnson, uh, uh, two years in a row now he's going into his third year. I, I, I haven't seen anything that that warrants him holding on to that position Taven Bryan while he is a free agent he was gassed and, and just or, or gashed I should say against the run you know it seemed like it was whoever was wherever Ty, uh, Taven Bryan was on the defensive line opposing offensive coordinators just said well let's run right there 
and then they guaranteed pick up five to six yards. So it's got to be focused on the interior. I'm not saying that that needs to be addressed uh, right away. Uh, you could you could look for a cheap veteran option, or if you want to go the draft route, that's a potential uh, a late late day two, uh, early day three that you might want to look at, at at trying to grab someone there. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Colts do. Uh, but whatever they do, there's going to be a new voice in the room as as it came out this week that defensive line coach Nate Ollie, uh, his his contract was not renewed by the Indianapolis Colts. So the Colts will still need uh, will now be searching for a new defensive line coach. And and Drake, it kind of did surprise me a little bit just because I I really liked uh, uh, I really liked what Nate Ollie was doing with this group. But, but it seems like the Colts want a maybe a, a more veteran uh, voice in that room because uh, Nate Alley was was a young coach. Uh, they could be looking for that, looking for for somebody to possibly use these guys in, in different ways. Regardless, the Colts are going to have a new defensive line coach next season. Yeah, and it might be initially when this was announced, okay, a, a lot of people kind of snarled at it. You know, um, we got a chance to see what Nate Ollie was doing with those guys in camp. And I mean, he is about as intense as you can possibly imagine. But when you have such a young team and when you do, I mean, I'm looking at, I know that um, I know that a lot of these guys didn't get a multitude of snaps, but you're looking at the bottom, the bottom graded guys, as far as run defense, overall defense, just pass rush. It is Adetomoa Adeboare, Eric Johnson, Taven Bryan. I know McTelvin Ajim didn't really get a lot of snaps, but, man, they, these guys, especially Adetomoa Adeboare and Taven Bryan, they got destroyed in areas that weren't pass rush, which, look, that's fantastic. But when you are an interior guy, you're trusted to, to stop the run before anything. And then if you can get to the passer or pressure the passer, that's just an added bonus. That's why guys like the Forrest Buckner are so freaking hard to come by. So I'm right there with you. I, I, I think that it's going to take a veteran presence. I, I loved what Nate Ollie brought. I know the Colts set a record for sacks, but they were not consistent, but they were consistently gashed at times, you know, in the ground game. And a lot of times right up the middle. And so Whenever they took out one of those two stalwarts, like we talked about, it was just a gaping hole. And whether that's whether that's you know talent level, inexperience, or coaching, the Colts felt like it was time to just let Nate Ollie go. And you know they're going to explore. I, I like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and you said this as well, if they signed a veteran defensive you know, line coach that's going to be able to mold those young minds. It's, it might sound ridiculous, but it's kind of counter counterintuitive to have a young coach molding young players. You, you, a lot of times you want those guys that are young to be coached by somebody who's a little bit more experienced. And that's, you know, it's an age thing with Nate Ollie. I think, I think the Colts just think that maybe they need somebody who's seen it a little bit longer than Nate Ollie has. Try to try to get more more out of this group. I yes. think it's just the, just the main thing. So uh, I think Nate Alley will will land on his feet. Oh, yeah. uh, so some guys that and I was talking with with our colleague Zach Hicks about this. Uh, some some guys that that could be potential uh, replacements. I think you got again the first thing you got to look at is who has worked with Gus Bradley in the past. Who who are some coaches that Gus Bradley is familiar with? Uh, and and immediately Todd Wash the the Panthers defense 
defensive line coach. That one sticks out to me. Wash was with uh, Gus Bradley when he was in Seattle, when he was with uh, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars as the head coach. Uh, he was the former defensive coordinator for the uh, uh uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and then spent last year as the defensive line coach for the Carolina Panthers, who will probably be getting a, a whole new coaching staff. Uh, you could also talk about uh, uh, Daryl Tapp, the 49ers assistant defensive line coach. We've known what the, the 49ers have done uh, uh, throughout the years with their defensive line. That could certainly be be an option. Uh, the Colts still have uh, their de assistant defensive line coach, Matt Reich. On, on under contract. So that's obviously an option. Uh, you could look at uh, the Seahawks, def uh, former Seahawks defensive coordinator, Clint Hurt, uh, the Chargers interim head coach this past season, Giff Smith. Giff Smith was a, a defensive line coach for the uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. So it's going to be this, again, we're not having a big coaching search this year, but it does look like there is going to be changes to the coaching staff that, that we'll be reporting on. So it'll be, it'll be, interesting to see because obviously the Colts uh, Shane Steichen and this this Colts team feel like they can get more out of their defensive line otherwise they they would have they would have kept Nate Ali but they feel like there's improvement to be made there with with not only with this current group but it wouldn't be surprised it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, uh some some uh some some other guys brought in so we'll, we'll just kind of have to see what happens there but it kind of leads us to to the bigger question and and is what we've, we've talked about pressure and obviously they need to to get pressure but but specifically drake uh i want you to give me if say you were gus bradley or 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 you were the new defensive line coach for the uh for the indianapolis Colts. what do you think is it going to take for this Colts defensive line to go from where they are now and step it up a notch where they can be considered one of the best units in the NFL. Man, that is, it's such a difficult thing when you're talking about like taking what you have and getting better with what you have, because again, they set up, they set a franchise in an indie era franchise record for, for team sacks. But the thing is, I think what they were missing and I'm, I dare say it, I think that they're missing a little bit more blitzing. I do think that you were a little too conservative in that regard. I do think that you don't have the depth pieces to just run run four guys all night. And while Taven Bryan is a former first-round pick, the dude is a bust by all standards. Okay, so that's not a surprise to see him perform that way. Adetomo Adebaware, while he's incredibly fast, he's also, I know he's 285 pounds. The dude's also undersized. And he's not a generational prospect like Dwight Freeney was coming out of Syracuse. You know, you're, you're looking at a team that I think is in limbo right now, especially with Nate Ollie being gone. I think if I'm the if I'm the defensive front guy, I'm looking perhaps at just better, this is gonna sound so lame, but better coaching better technique, better fundamentals. Um, and it does go back to the depth because it's we're beating this thing till it's dead, but it's true. When Whenever you took out Grover Stewart or he wasn't in the game or he was suspended or whenever you took out DeForest Buckner, it was just such a glaring weakness because by all right, the defensive ends actually put a lot of pressure. I mean, Quiddy Payne needs to improve in that regard, but they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Dio Dengbo did it. Taekwon Lewis did it. Samson Epic, I'm sure as hell did it. Okay, so it's really that interior. 
I think you need depth. I think you need a little bit better coaching. And you probably need that depth to have power as opposed to finesse, because that's really what Adetomo Adebowari is. He's incredibly fast. He's not incredibly strong. Taven Bryan, he's incredibly quick. And his best work was against pass rushings or in pass rushing snaps. But the guy is a freaking ghost. He's an open door and run defense. So you need more power in that interior to back up Stewart and to back up Buckner. So those that's what I would do. I mean, I, I'm not a defensive line coach, so it's really hard to say what that would take. But it, it probably would take just better fundamentals if I had to guess, because the Colts clearly felt like Nate Ollie wasn't doing the job. So, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in a veteran. And it's interesting you mentioned the Panthers defensive line, uh, defensive line coach from last year, because I know they sucked. But if you look at their grades and you look at the pressures and you look at the consistency, they were actually probably overall better than the Colts were in that regard as far as a whole front. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think that that's a wide open position that nobody knows who the hell's going to going to take it, really. Yeah, I, I, so I, I like I like those points. I I don't know if the blitz the the blitzing is really the right answer, and I don't think it's going to happen either. It's just Gus Bradley. You, you That's know, fair. I, I don't think you he's he's not going to change now. You know, so I, I, I don't I think I think if you're expecting a big change out of the philosophy, I just I just don't see it. But what I do think is I, I loved what you said about getting a coach in there that that can teach. To teach the fundamentals you know uh, i think someone that that's a develop that's that can really help develop these guys because you i mean outside of grover stewart uh and and deforest buckner who are close to close to 30 you got to you still have a lot of young guys on this defensive line quitty pay dio dangbo they're only entering their four they're going to be entering their fourth year in the league uh, uh you talk about guys like Adabare, uh you talk about guys like like titus leo um like 28 Rykon lewis is only 28 so i i think i think there there's there's gonna be a guy in there uh that, that could not i don't know shake shake things up is the right is the right word but just focusing more on the fundamentals and getting this group to work better as a unit you know think of think of t- what tony sperano did on the other side of the ball with the offensive line they got them working together as a unit really really focused in and drilled the fundamentals to these guys quentin nelson uh, i this has always stuck out to me how because quentin nelson ever ever since that i've i've studied and 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 watched him back at notre dame he was always obsessed with the details and obsessed with his technique and and one of the things that he mentioned a couple of times when when chris strausser was the offensive line coach for the colts is he he just felt his his fundamentals and his technique was slipping and then as soon as you hire tony sperano what was one of the very first things out of quentin nelson's mouth uh, when in in the spring you know he said i can already feel my technique getting better i can already notice i'm getting back where my fundamentals need to be and what what happened the colts offensive line gets back to to form you know i think that's what this colts defensive line needs someone that's going to really drill the fundamentals someone that's really going to help these younger these younger pass rushers out like a quitty pay like a dio dango and i understand they do their training 
in the off season and everything, but, but just when, when they're there, someone that can help them develop a plan, develop a plan for the entire defensive line, maybe start using the defensive line, uh, uh, in a, in, in a better manner, you know, not leaving a Taven Bryan out there to be the starting nose tech when you know, he's going to get gashed against the run. Um, so, so just having uh, maybe a more experienced, uh, uh, someone that's, uh, that's a real teacher of, of the game of that defensive line spot. I think that's, that's, number one but number two it's it's just simply you got to get better talent in there and it starts with the depth piece especially on the interior here you yeah. know find a good three technique to rush the passer find a good backup one technique that if grover does go down or something happens uh you can trust that that the run defense isn't just going to fall apart and i'm not expecting to have two pro bowlers in there but you guys need to at least get some serviceable uh backups in there quality depth pieces whether that the colts can address that that in free agency or the draft that remains to be seen but i think something has to be done you can't go into next season relying on eric johnson to be able to do that the out of is gonna is going to turn into your backup three technique when he's more suited as a as a defensive end and that's where really where the colts have have housed him and and made him play for most of the season so those those two spots need to be addressed and then i don't think i don't know if there's a a pass rusher out there on the open market that the Colts would look at. I don't think Brian Burns is going to be in the question. I think the, the Panthers are going to end up tagging him before he ends up on the open market. Chase Young may be out there, but if I had to guess, Chase Young probably goes back to the 49ers. They'll probably try to do that. And so it comes down to the draft. And, and if you believe, if you, if the Colts believe that, that they've, they've got something with Quiddy Pay and Dio Dangbo and they want to give them as much opportunity as possible here in this fourth year, I don't think the Colts will address it. However, if, if they've made their decision that they need to upgrade, there could be an option there at 15. You know, you're talking about possibly a Jared Verse out of Florida oh. State, possibly a, 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 um, a Leitu Latu uh, from, from UCLA, who is a fantastic pass rusher. I know Stats Matt, that's one of his guys. He's talked to about, about him numerous times to me. So do the Colts try to use a high pick? on on a on a really uh, uh, a really uh, high upside pass rusher that they think can have an immediate impact so there, there's various ways that they can but just be I think really the point that I'm trying to get across is just because the Colts had 51 sacks last year doesn't mean that they're good on the defensive line you got to be able to get more pressure and 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 at a more consistent rate and and whether that is going to change with a coach or if you're going to need to bring in more players i think it's a combination of both you really need a, a coach that's can able to to get those those things going maybe help scheme more more stunts uh, to get some different guys free or uh, just bringing in more talent, whether that's via depth pieces, whether Quiddy Pay and Dio Dangbo take another step forward, or whether you use that number 15 pick on one of the top edge rushers in this draft. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Colts do on the defensive line, but that, that honestly may be the key to this defense under Gus Bradley really taking that next step is if that defensive line group takes the next step and becomes one one of the the league's elite groups and can consistently get after the quarterback yeah and you got to think all right juju brents jalen jones okay those are two rookies out there trying to cover guys like Devontae adams and deandre hopkins and all these number one receivers all damn day and then you've got you know daryl baker jr who's a backup piece and dallas flowers goes down so then you have to replace him you 
you asking those guys to cover when you can't get consistent pressure on the quarterback, it's going to make them at times look absolutely ridiculous. Okay. And in fact, that 75 yard bomb, I know that Nico Collins absolutely torched Juju Brents, but there was no pressure on CJ Stroud in that. I mean, he was able to wait until the cut probably 10 yards down the field on that post to throw it. You just got to help out that young secondary there. This is still one of the top five, probably top three by all regard, youngest teams in the entire league. You got to get depth. You got to get fundamentals. And until you get that, you're probably going to see this team torched again. So look, I know that they're not – I don't think they're playing them in 2024. But, look, the AFC is a bloodbath, okay? Jim freaking Harbaugh is in the AFC now, okay? This conference is full of talent. You can't afford to not get consistent pressure on quarterbacks in this conference, okay? So um, I, I'm right there with you. We'll see what happens. But I think the Colts, by letting Nate Ali just go – all right. And and they I, I think that they uh, yeah, their assistant DB's coach, they also let him go. Okay, Mike Mitchell. By them not re renewing their contracts, they're saying we are we are going to frivolously search for the right guy. They went through like four waves to find their head coach, who then hired a ridiculously talented offensive staff. Rest assured, I think that they're going to try to hit the right guys in these positions, and especially whoever's coaching that defensive front, they're going to try to get the right guy and try to maximize that young talent that they still have and make whatever years Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner have left the best ones that they can possibly get. And and I know we've been focusing in, a lot of Colts fans have been focus, focusing in on, on like a wide receiver or a cornerback uh, for the draft. But hey, listen, Dallas Turner out of Alabama, Jared Burst out of Florida State, uh, Leatu uh, Latu, I'll get his name right eventually before the draft out of UCLA, uh, Chris Braswell out of Alabama, who is an absolute freak of nature athletically. And, and what does Chris Ballard always like to do? Draft those athletic, those athletic guys. So he could be an option. Braylon Trice out of Washington, Chop Robinson out of Penn State. Oof. There's a lot of interesting names. Not all those guys are going to go that high, but if you're going to look at a pass rusher early, there's a lot of interesting names that the Colts could be targeting. So uh, we'll, we'll just kind of have to see what happens, but I, I definitely think it's a position that the Colts are are considering and, 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 and really seeing what all of their options are moving forward forward so uh before we end tonight let's talk about some of the latest colts news and rumors as we wrap up talking about uh the colts defensive line and and to start off there there i wanted to give an update on jim Irsay because there was an article that was published by the indy star today uh that kind of shed some light on the situation and and wanted to make sure we talked about that this evening so uh if you haven't read it so uh yet um Basically, the Indy Star published a, a report that the the nine one one call uh, for that night that Jim Irsay that police responded to Jim Irsay in his home uh, that 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 call was released and it was uh, it was made by the the Colts COO or the CE the president COO uh, uh, Pete Ward you know a guy that is basically Jim Irsay's right hand man um, around four thirty in the morning. Uh, it was Jim Irsay's home nurse that that told Pete Ward to call 911, and and what it was revealed is that Jim Irsay had shortness of breath, uh, uh, and it was probably contributed to uh, this. Also, wasn't public, but to his congestive heart failure. So, so it looks like Jim Irsay has been diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Um, and, and according to to the report, uh, his oxygen reading was at a seventy one. 
And and for for those that that aren't sure what really that means, uh, a normal person their oxygen reading is usually at a ninety five to a hundred somewhere in that in that area. That just ta- is talking about the amount of oxygen uh, that that is typically within within your blood, you know. And his was down to seventy one, which. You when you hear the reports of Jim Mercer getting blue in the face and then having trouble breathing, that could contribute to that. And there was instead of there being an overdose, like everyone jumped to the conclusion of. So that's why you know when the Narcan was distributed to Jim to, to Jim Mercer, it, it maybe helped a little bit, but really didn't have the full effects that Narcan should. Probably because it doesn't seem like like. A, a drug overdose was the actual cause of the call. It was more of an inference by the police officers on that police report than, than anything else. So, uh, so a couple of things that stood out to me, Drake was obviously still want to keep Jim Mercer in your thoughts and prayers. He's dealing with a lot. Congestive heart failure is a very serious disease. And, and while it can be treated, there's not something where there's not a cure. It's not going to go away. Jim Mercer will have this for the rest of his life. How serious it is. We don't know. Uh, there haven't been any other reports as far as what uh, a Jim Mercer status with that, that respiratory illness, this very would could, well could be part of that. We, we don't really know, but, but it does seem like Jim Mercer is is dealing with some very serious medical condition uh, medical issues right now and and just you just hope he pulls through you know yeah and look it's just a this is just an example that you know sometimes sometimes the uh the, the journalism world jumps to conclusions and you know they, they hold somebody accountable for their past mistakes and um you know i i was actually the guy for our channel to write about that at the time and you know you, everyone really thought that you know oh my gosh this guy has gone right back to his old habits and now as it, with this situation things are just going to slowly trickle out colts fans everything's just going to slowly trickle out and we truly are at the mercy of the moment at times okay so um all that you can say is like hey you know it's it's great that he isn't that it wasn't a drug overdose but it's terrible that it is a congestive heart failure um but you know i'll say it again you're talking about a maverick of the business you're talking about a guy who is about as tough as they freaking come when it comes to an owner in the nfl outspoken as hell fearless if he can get back to any capacity of running the team he's going to do it uh, and you just hope that, you know, as these things continue to release and these reports continue to come out that, you know, they're more positive. But like you said, it's something that's getting treated right now. All you can do is just, you know, put Jim Irsay and his family up in your thoughts and prayers. And, um, you know, hey, the Colts truly do have a real one in Jim Irsay. So be proud. Be proud of this guy that he's the owner of the team. And um, it's it's again, it's great that it's not a drug overdose. But, man, it's also terrible that uh, it happened to be a heart a heart condition, which really explains that respiratory issue, because when you can't, when your heart's going too fast or when it's, when you don't have enough, you know, oxygen in your blood, you're going to lose breath, which goes back to that respiratory illness. So obviously we'll guys, we'll keep you guys updated for anything else that we hear any other breaking news that happens on this story. Uh, as soon as we hear about anything that that's going on with Jim Ursay, we'll make sure to bring it to your, to all of your attention. So uh, let's talk about some other news. We already mentioned Nate Ali is out. Drake briefly talked about it. Mike Mitchell, the assistant defensive back coach, uh, also did not have his contract renewed. Uh, Mike Mitchell got in a little bit of heat this year after uh, that hit from from Demonte Casey on 
Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Mike Mitchell kind of defended Devontae Casey and, and talked about saying, I don't know what to teach my, my defensive backs anymore. Um, not sure if that was the reason his contract wasn't renewed, but I know that didn't sit well uh, with, with Shane Steichen and, and the people over there on West 56th Street. So uh, really no surprise that, that Mike Mitchell uh, will not be renewed and be back as the assistant DB's coach for the Colts. Yeah, and you're talking about a guy that had been suspended before and had a history of freaking dirty hits. So that probably was the dumbest thing you could have possibly said. Uh, but look, this was also a year where the defensive backs, albeit young, albeit not a lot of pressure on the quarterback consistently, they really struggled. Okay, so the Colts don't want this young DB group where you've got potentially two starters in Jalen Jones and Juju Brents. You don't want them to be developed incorrectly. They're not taking this lightly. They want to make sure these guys develop correctly in year two and on. And so, hey, you know what? We'll just say that this is for a developmental uh, – this is a developmental decision for the young group. And you know what? The Colts feel like it's right, so – Who's to tell them that they're wrong? Yeah, and then the final little bit of news we have here is is there were reports that, that the Colts offensive coordinator, Jim Bob Cooter, uh, was expected to be a candidate for the vacant uh, Eagles offensive coordinator position doesn't seem like that anymore uh, as as now it's the reports are Jim Bob Cooter's not expected uh, to be a top target for the Eagles offensive coordinator job. So for the time being, uh, it does look like the uh, the Indianapolis Colts aren't going to uh, be having any any changes on the offensive side of the ball uh, when it, when it comes to coaches. Yeah, and look, JBC is still an integral part of this team. I know that he doesn't call the plays, but we went in we went into detail in the last episode. He's a huge part of the preparation, huge part of the the sets and the scheme and everything. So, if you can retain him. It's a big piece, especially to the development of Anthony Richardson, guys like Josh Downs and, and, and the young pieces that the Colts do have on that offense. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but hey, Drake, the defensive line, I think there's there's plenty of promise here, plenty that you can build on, especially with this group. Uh, you're, I think uh, for right now, you're obviously hoping that Quiddy Pay and Dio Dangbo can take that next step, can, that this Colts team can get more consistent pressure, and maybe a coaching change will do that. Maybe maybe other uh, uh, other players and more talent will help that. But either way, for the Colts defense to get where they want to where they want to be. This defensive line has to be one of the one of the elites in the NFL. Yeah, it's everything. It, it, that that's all I have to say. It's absolutely everything, especially with your secondary being so young and your safety position currently being in question, especially with the free safety spot. Man, you got to get pass rush, consistent pass rush, and an absolute war zone that will be the AFC for years to come. Absolutely, and, and we'll have to see what happens in 2024. Uh, are the Colts going to take that next step on the defensive line and and become one of the best in the league? Or are we going to be talking about this again one year from today? So that's our show for today, guys. Really appreciate everybody tuning in uh, and talking about the, the Colts D-line with us today. want to give a shout-out to our Super Chats, Truett, and my beautiful wife, Danielle. Uh, I was looking at the chat, and it does look like some uh, some other people were Technical trying, difficulties. To, trying to give us some Super Chats. Not sure what, what YouTube's problem is with not wanting, that, wanting to share some love with us. <laughs> but, hey, I, it looks like NFL Nerd was trying to give us a Super Chat. Uh, uh, it, it looks like um, 
uh, I think Patrick was was having some some issues potentially with super chats. Uh, but hey, if you did, we really do appreciate you attempting to give us a super chat, and 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 we'll let you know if it actually does reach us on the next episode. So really appreciate everybody tuning in and, and all of your support as always. If you haven't done so already, please go follow us on all of our socials, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know when drake and i go live every monday and thursday night so you never miss an episode and if you can't catch us live or on youtube apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you drake go tell the people what you've been riding on horseshoe.com because you know we're all going to be checking it out yeah, so I did three free agents uh, who could have a major impact with the Colts. I, I covered Mel Kuyper's ridiculous draft prediction, but I kind of did it more from the side that the Colts should keep Michael Pittman, so go check that out. And then the five best performances, individual performances from the Colts 2023 season, so go check all those out as well. Make sure you give those a read. For myself, I had the top five players that were uh, top five graded players on the defensive side of the ball for the Indianapolis Colts. And then tomorrow, got a special piece coming out on Michael Pittman Jr. Did some plenty of research uh, on what a potential contract extension might look like for Michael Pittman. Uh, looked at Chris Ballard and what he has done with wide receivers since becoming the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. And then I took four wide receivers who had similar production to Michael. Michael Pittman for the the two years prior to them getting their extensions to try to help compare and and, and give a, a realistic number for what it might take to lock in Michael Pittman Jr. for the long term. So make sure you check that out as well as all the fantastic writings on horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at D Walster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back Monday night to talk more Colts football with you. And next week is Senior Bowl week. So Drake and I got you covered from all the ins and outs of what the Colts are going to be looking for down there in Mobile, Alabama. So everyone, enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you next Monday night to talk Colts and the Senior Bowl.